on January 4th, 2021, I woke up to the news that Alexi Lejo, uh, formerly of Children of Bodom and Bodom After Midnight, was found dead from long-term health issues. I am not going to speculate on what those long-term issues were. It's not my it's not my way to go. I don't believe I should go into that, and I don't think the family should let people know unless there's a damn good reason for it. And let's just let the family members mourn. I mean, not just his exes, his ex-wife, or you know, the his direct family, but everyone in everyone who has ever and been with him apparently has said that the man was just a beautiful person. Every person he's ever played with, every person he's worked with inside the music world and outside of it. And the man had a way of putting a bit of humor into some very, very dark subjects, including withdrawals, addiction, mental illness, fear, trauma, you know, realizing that your addictions are destroying everything and everyone around you. So when I say that this person will be missed and it, this is a legitimate loss, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I'm saying this because Alexi Leho, while not a rock star, was sure as fuck a rock and roll hero. And four days into the new year, I find this out, man. It was it was almost as bad as finding out when Lemmy died. So, normally I say, let's have a moment of silence for the departed. And I say, fuck that. We're going to have a moment of fucking rock and roll.
in to GVAF Radio. My name is David, the Reverend Brown Oni, and today we are dedicating this episode of GVAF Radio to Alexi Leo, uh, formerly of Children of Bodom and Bodom After Midnight, who, like I said, was found on the, f- at least announced on the 4th of Jul- uh, January, excuse me, um, the 4th of January of his passing. They haven't told us what it is. Uh, I've already reiterated my feelings on that. Don't need to revisit it. So there. So what I decided I needed to do is I love Alexi Leho. I loved his guitar work. Um, the man was fucking, um, he was just one of those guys you listen to and you're going, how are your fingers doing this shit, man? Holy shit. And then you go, God, your tone is so great, so rich. How are you doing it? And it's like going, two pedals in my amp. Goddamn minimalist shit. It sounds like it's ripping Satan's faces up. So, you know, Alexi is, he was a guitar hero. I remember he was one of the guys that I first listened to and one of the first bands that I listened to that really got me into black metal and death metal. Because before that, I had heard, like, the bad black metal. <laughs> you know, you know and, and you know what I mean. Well, a lot of you know what I mean by the bad death metal and the bad black metal that was the stuff that was designed to sound like shit on a record so that you could force people to come see you so only the real fans will understand the music you know and it was like okay you pretentious cunts but i really want something Uh, you know i I need i've done everything in thrash that i can deal with you know i need something else i need something else to play he said i was listening it's like i need something i'm I'm looking for it you know and i have the new metal and that was fantastic but it wasn't riffy enough and so then after picking up a collection of of samplers and i talked about this before in earlier episodes where the sampler cds i would get from um either cheap as fuck from the store or when i go over to our local piercing parlor that was run by sir james our local pierces and a drummer of insane possibilities that i loved him of I always said he kind of reminded me of a cross between uh, Vinnie Paul and Animal. <laughs> just in, in the back, just hitting those fucking tops. Woman, 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 do me. You know, I mean, that was Sir James. And I mean, he had a full, like, Neil Peart setup. It was, it was immaculate. Kind of missed the man. But you'd hand these samplers out to us that he got and he was promoting because he was he was doing you know he was doing satan's work promoting bands and which, which means he gets some some stuff and he goes, hey check this out you know there's new you know and i heard a lot of really good stuff on there that's where i first discovered betty blowtorch and that's where um non-point and a lot of bands out of, out of the new metal scene that's where i found him but then he started carrying this magazine called the bloody you know it was a bloody knuckles bloody noses or something like that i can't remember at the the top of my head i'd probably find one of the sampler cds but every issue every episode every issue of this magazine came with a sampler and it was amazing it was like um the best i could describe it was suddenly your mind is expanded to things past your borders you know i mean i'm it sounds like i'm talking about you know, dropping acid or mescaline for the first time, but it's not—it's not quite that strong. It's an emotional deal, but it's that whole. This is what I've been missing. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I need. And on one of those samplers was "Children of Bodom" uh, with the song "Bodom After Midnight," and that one has just become a goddamn 
it's become, it's still one of my favorite Children of Bodom songs of all times. That record was just it. That was the Children of Bodom record as far as I was concerned. Not to say that I'm not listening to other Children of Bodom stuff, but you know, I would go I, I would go back to that. And um, you know, it, it, when I first started doing the show, uh, I, the one song I said this is the I have to have this as my intro, and that was Hellion, which was a cover of Wasp. Uh, which they just rocked that cover. I love the intro, the cracking open. I mean, I used to use that intro, and I used to emulate that intro for a long time uh, for the show when I first started. But then I stopped because, well, many things, and I just don't care about it anymore. I just care about playing music. And I love the fact that Children of Bodom would do covers of fuck all everything. I mean, there. I mean, th- every single record would have like at least one cover on it. And there was a bonus disc. It probably had like five or something, you know. And they did. They're really prolific with that. And I mean, not just Wasp, but they I did a couple of Iron Maiden. They did. Um, <laughs> what was it? Kenny Rogers and the first edition just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. Type deal, and. So I mean, it was it was fantastic. I love it. I love everything about it and everything about the band. So I am going to do is I'm going to play a cover, and then I'm going to play bands that were associated with Children Bodom, but not because they played with them, but because either because they covered them at one point, or they are covering a song that they covered, or something something like that. I'm just going to kind of have fun with it today. And also, this gives me an excuse to play some Devil Driver, and every time I have a chance to play Devil Driver, and uh, well, honestly, the Ramones, I'm gonna take both incidents. So, well, I'm just gonna shut up right now, and I'm gonna play y'all Children of Bodom covering Iron Maiden with Aces High. <laughs>
that Ace is High by Iron Maiden. If you can believe it, they actually played it more frantic than goddamn Iron Maiden, uh, which being a fan of theirs for years, I am not even surprised by this. Uh, follow that up by the Ramones, I Don't Want to Grow Up, which is a cover of Tom Waits, I Don't Want to Grow Up. And then we had that again, Ramones and Devil Driver. Give me an excuse to play I'm going to play them. And I had Wasted Years, again, a Iron Maiden cover. And Children of Bodom have covered Ramones in the past, um, specifically, uh, specifically, excuse me, specifically is a state of mind from where I'm from, but specifically is me trying to make a point that Children of Bodom have covered the Ramones before in the past. They have not covered Devil Driver, but they did cover Iron Maiden. Now that's not the other. And if you're kind of being a rule kind of doing the rules thing, going, well, this doesn't quite cover what he said he was going to cover. And then, because he said this, but then he does this, but, the, but they don't have any association with children about him. I don't care. You're the bastards that made me stop wanting to play D&D, okay? Let's just sit back, enjoy the musical melodies, and not be a cunt, okay? Can we do that? Can we do that today? Just today. Just do it for Alexa. We're not going to be a cunt because Alexi. You know, we're going to... You know, it's like this way when you die, you, you meet him wherever the hell he ran up to you and go, I wasn't a cunt for a day because of you. He's going to look around and go, why the fuck did you say that? Who, 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 what the fuck is GV ever rated? Who's David Brown? I don't know. So a reverend? A reverend of fucking what? You know, cream pies? Yeah, that can be taken a couple different ways now that I think about it. And the one time I'm trying not to be a pervert. So, and so a lot of these bang, a lot of these songs I'm picking up for you guys today are off of one record. That record is Skeletons in the Closet. That's their cover record. And so I picked up a couple different songs by there that I thought you guys would like. Uh, some that are a little more interesting than just the basics. And But, you know, it almost feels mandatory to do it. Are you going to play Iron Maiden? No, but you have Iron Maiden. Yes? Why aren't you playing Iron Maiden? I don't know. The metal left me for a moment. Play Maiden. If you play Maiden, no one's going to come. But you've played Maiden. I have the most stupid inner voices ever. Yay! And you too can make fun of me. You too can make fun of me. Go to the GVAF Radio Facebook page and put stuff there. Like, Rev, you need help. Have you taken your medications? How much? How much pot have you smoked? If you smoked a, if you smoked a little bit, smoke more. So. Why can't you just be normal? Because I don't know what the fuck normal is, mother. <laughs> I also know how to shut the fuck up. So anyone's ever met me knows this. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, it it's really comes down to this thing. Where I don't know how to speak about death about someone I don't know personally or someone who didn't have a integral part of my life. Like, there's some... You know, you talk about Lemmy, you're talking about Leonard Cohen. I'm like, yeah, no, this is, you know, this is a major thing. For Alexi, it was one of those things I'm like going, I'm not surprised, but fuck type deals. Because he was a great musician, I expected more from him, or I was hoping to get more from him as far as his output, especially with the, you know, starting a new band. But, of course, that's not going to happen now. And I'm not going to speak ill of the dead. I have a hard time doing that with people I don't like, let alone people that I love. But I will have this one story, which I got out of a guitar world a long, long time ago, back when I was playing guitar and bass, which is uh, Carrie King of Slayer, you know, and that Carrie King was talking about how he was playing one of the circuits, uh, one of the summer circuits, and Children of Bodom was on there, and Alexi was on, was behind, it was kind of, you know, just watching what was going on behind, 
pound of stage. And he, one of the, one of the roadies looked over and noticed that Alexi's beer was on Carrie's rig, like his guitar rig, like his main rig. And, you know, Carrie saw this and that roadie ripped him apart. And he's like, whoa, shit. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Took the beer. I said, I should know better. Sorry, guys. You know, and then, okay, yeah, no problem. Hang on. Yeah. And that's when Carrie came to him after his set and goes, you are a really good stand-up guy. And they just started partying all night. So, I mean, you know, Lucky Alexi got to party with fucking Slayer like every goddamn day. You know, <laughs> it's like, you yeah, so. so, I mean, that's just one of those stories that, that you have from him was he was, he understood his accountability. He wasn't one of those guys, oh, what, me, man? I didn't do that. Oh, that's not me. That's not my beer. You know, he's straight up like, no, I, I fucked up. And he did that a lot of times. He was very, he was, he talked a lot about his addiction, talked a lot about his alcoholism and about what he needed to do. He used music, of course, to help get through that. And unlike Stone Temple Pilots, or excuse me, unlike Scott Weiland, uh, he was actually working hard towards it and actually managed to find a way to stay on that one. Uh, I don't know if that's, I really am, like I said, I'm trying not to speak ill about about Scott, Scott Weiland, but I'm just comparing the two. And, you know, and that's just how my mind works. And it also puts that down that they're both dead. You know, different reasons, but, you know, Alexi did what he needed to do and he's dead. Scott Weiland maybe did what he needed to do. He's dead. You know, there's people out there who do everything they're supposed to do and get it and it's still fucking, you know, get hit by a bus. So it doesn't matter. Let's not compare the two, you know, but like, you know, because it doesn't matter, man. These are human beings we're talking about. It doesn't matter if one person went through rehab and it's and stuck. It doesn't matter if some person went through rehab and then went out and got a fucking got a bag right, right after. You know, it doesn't really matter. What matters is that these people are trying to get help. These people are getting help and they're actually getting the love and support they need. Um, it's that's kind of the tragedy is that Alexi got had that he he had a good base. He had people who were helping him out. People who was who he was on. Uh, standing with and then Scott Weiland did. But again, what does that mean? Nothing. They're dead. We're going to die. You know, the Reaper's going to come for all of us eventually. You know, some sooner than others. Some maybe not quite as soon as you, you would have thought. But it doesn't matter, man. You know, what matters is, is that we got this guy who wrote a shit ton of records for us that we can sit down and listen to and gain inspiration from. And that's that's one of the things about musicians is as long as the recordings keep going, they're not dead. You know, it's like Hendrix hasn't died. Django Reinhardt hasn't died. Fucking Eddie Van Halen ain't dead. Why? Because I just listened to them last week. I just talked about them last week discussing music and discussing guitar technique. These people aren't dead, you know, at least not in our heads. So... Let's keep that in mind, and let's celebrate. Let's have some more music. And the second segment of this one is going to be start starting off this three in a row with, again, one of the great covers that Children Bonham did. And this one is Just Dropped In to See What Condition My Condition Is In by Kenny Rogers and the first edition covered by Children of Bodom.
and the three in a row started off with I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in by Kenny Rogers and the first edition. And a lot of people kind of forget, uh, unless you're kind of in the rock and roll genre, you're old, uh, kind of like me. And you that Kenny Rogers actually had another band called the first edition. It was actually really good. It was a rock and roll unit, and then he went country and then had more success that way. So, you know, I mean, you know, he's hang up the hang up the Gibson go put on Telecaster get more pussy and blow I can't I can't really short him or cite him for that it's like it was I don't know I don't know what all he got into apparently it was a really good career with a that was really really satisfying so I ain't got nothing to say about anything bad about him or the first edition or anything else so you know just kind of roll fucking roll that right but after that, we had Anthrax, Safe Home. Uh, that was with the vocalist John Bush, uh, who was the vocalist for a long time after Joey Belladonna uh, was uh, left, fired, kicked out, extranged, left at a gas station. I don't know. Pick what you want to pick. But I will defend the John Bush era of Anthrax because a lot of people say that they were trying to get modern, trying to get into the, the 90s and the alternative field. And they did the same. They said the same thing with Megadeth. They said the same thing with Metallica. They said the same thing with Slayer. I don't care. They made good music. John Bush is a damn good vocalist. So everyone says, he's not as good as Jilly Belladonna. Well, fuck. Neither is Tom Araya. Neither is James Heffield, man. And ain't none of them the same as Bruce Dickerson, man. So, I mean... Let's stop trying to compare people. It's like, oh, did you like the music? Good. Okay, it was good. Did you like the music? No. Okay, go away. I don't want to know about it unless I have a specific need for it, and I don't need it from you, Buford. Go away. Fuck off. And, yeah, I don't have opinions whatsoever. Then next we had a Suicidal Tendencies. Uh, Suicidal Tendencies with their song, You Can't Bring Me Down. Suicidal Tendencies was covered by Anthrax, uh, War Inside My Head. Excuse me, what the- with anthrax jesus christ by children bottom uh war inside my head was the track i went with uh you can you can't bring me down because it's probably one of the strongest tracks they've had that it stays consistent and longevity that can't just be turned into a meme it's actually really good really really goddamn well-written fucking thrash or punk song whatever you want to call it it's damn good song by Suicidal Tendencies. So those are those three that popped up there. And, I mean, Jesus Christ. Jonah Boda, man. Like, I was talking about earlier how they got me into death metal and they got me into black metal. And people, a lot of people called Jonah Boda uh, extreme metal, um, which is right before the new wave of extreme metal, which we got... Uh, Lamb of God and Devil Driver and a bunch of Macedon of all things, but they just kind of came in with the crew and just kind of did their own thing for a while. Oh yeah, no, we'll we'll catch up with you, but we're gonna do this. We're gonna like pop a, a whole bunch of peyote and then go write a song about a pinata. So, not that I blame them. I mean, it's good records. Man, I'm so forgiving on rock and roll. And it's like, does this band suck? Yeah, for me, I don't. I don't like them. I guess somebody else. Well, don't you just absolutely hate them? I don't know, man. Not really. They haven't really done anything to me. Do you have any emotions? Yes, I do. Have you heard me talk about things I love? Granted, I talk about things I hate a lot. Um, but music, I have a hard time hating. 
and I'm sure there's someone out there who could probably prove me wrong. You're a hypocrite. Well, no kidding. I'm a hypocrite. I'm human and I'm alive. Shit happens. But, <laughs> but one of the things that Chandler Bodum taught me is that you can have all these elements that I love. I, I, like, I love my riffs. I love a good, clean lead tone. You know, something that could slice the, both the butter and the bread in one fell swoop. And you can really hear a lot of Eddie Van Halen in his playing. You hear some Dimebag in his playing. Um, you know, all the classics, you know, student rock and roll. We wear our, our influence in our sleeves. But because of him, I then got into stuff like Amon Marth, And then I got into um, Immortal. And then I, took, I gave Cradle uh, I gave Cradle of Filth uh, a second go and actually discovered how much I loved them, which was right about the time that uh, I think Nethamphetamine came out. Uh, or Nethamphetamine came out, and I absolutely destroyed that disc. But one of my one of my only real memory of Children of Bodom, where I was kind of in the same vicinity, you know, at least in the same goddamn zip code, was I was trying to go to a show. It was Children of Bodom. I don't know who the who the opener was, but the second act or the co-headliner that they would I guess they would switch off depending on the day was I'm on a fucking Marth. And I had such a musical hard-on for both of these bands. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm like, I need to get the time off. You can't get the time off. Why not? You haven't been here long enough to have time off. I don't care. It's like, don't pay me. I'll go home. Fuck. And I couldn't get the time off. And then I ended up not having the money to go anyways because life happened. I think I was like rent was someone was short of rent. So whatever I was going to use to go to the show just disappeared. And I ended up working near the U.S. Bancor Tower, and I got off, went to go do, go to the bus stop on 5th, and right across the street from the U.S. Bancor Tower is the Roseland, which is where Children of Bodom and I'm on a fucking Marth were playing, and I got to hear the distorted... I know it's like, oh, there's rowing happening. Oh, this is before the rowing happened with the Monomarth, but still, you know, I, I could tell. It's like, okay, that sounds like my Monomarth song. So I got to sit outside for like a half hour waiting for my fucking bus to go home. Le- you know, within across the street is the show I wanted to go see the most. And all the thing I see is it's fogged up me- windows because if it's a metal show at a club, that's what's going to happen. The, the, that pit is going to unleash itself and everyone's going to walk up <laughs> and no problems. If it was a country band, everyone would be drunk and fighting each other. I know this because I talk to security a lot, and a couple of my friends are security guards, and they work you know, various venues. And they say they hate country, but whenever the metal guys show up, they means their job is easy. They police their own, and they're too goddamn tired to get too stupid. Or at least not act on their stupidity. And so that was my... And then I went home and listened to Children of Bodom on a Marth, and I don't know, did something stupid, probably played video games, or a guy bitched at by my girlfriend because it's like, wait, why weren't you home earlier? It's because I worked a fucking late shift. I told you this. Well, if you had a car, oh, God. Like, I'm going to play World of Warcraft and blast something, you know? <laughs> so that's my one experience with the bands. And that wasn't quite as much as I would like, but hey, you know, you take what you can get. And uh, what I got was not nearly fucking enough. So let's go. I'm going to go in and let's go play this final three in a row. Here's Children Boldum covering. Uh, well, you'll see. <laughs>
So I'm going to be completely honest with all of you here. Normally what happens when I play these songs is I hit them. I make sure that they go in properly. This is the right fucking track. And, you know, make sure that there's um, that the transitions are nice. With that last song we played, which was Dog Fashion Disco doing a cover of Rebel Yell. I, I just sat back and just let it blast because I don't think Dog Fashion Disco hardly ever gets enough credit. They don't get enough rec- recognition for everything that they have done. And what I mean by that is they have done some wacky fucking shit is what they've done. They they have made some of the greatest just perverse and just it's sonic acid trips hardcore psychedelic fucking music I've heard ever. And the only time the only thing I've heard that even topped it was uh Polka Dot Cadaver, which is the same people doing a different band because a couple of people are just aren't there and that's just what happens. But please check them out. Rebel Yell is a really good version or is a really good, 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 good I can't say it enough version, if not the best version of this goddamn song Next to Billy Idol. I love these guys. Their solo stuff is amazing. You never hear the same record twice. You Sometimes you don't even hear the same type of song twice. I mean, for fuck's sake. You know, I, one song is like hardcore, like corpse grinder type death metal. And then the next song is like a fucking swing song about John Wayne Gacy. It's goddamn electric, to quote Phil Anzamo. Excuse me, I need to exhale something that was that was very very good and green. But and before that one, we had Wasp with the Idol. The Idol being the lead single, or at least this a single from a criminally underrated and lost to the times concept record or a rock opera called The Crimson Idol by Wasp. And I don't, I mean, there's, I mean, we can talk day and night about Blackie Lawless, and we can talk day and night about. The things that he did, he shouldn't have done. The things he did do, and the things he did, you know, the things that were good, bad, whatever. And talk about Wasp's longevity, whether it should have been there or not. I don't care, man. Wasp is a band that I love. If, if they make a song I like, I probably am loving it. And this record was fantastic. Um, this song's also a little bit uh, mushy to me because. Um, if you if you listen to the album version, uh, this was the this is the video edit, but if you listen to uh, the actual track with the four minute intro, uh, there's a reason why this this song is kind of special. Uh, you know, I mean, it's nothing. It just involves a marriage and shit. I don't know, but anyways, uh, and then right before that. The first song in the trio of Children of Bodom related stuff was their cover of Talk Dirty to Me with their own unique edits to everything. <laughs> Grandma's chair? It's like, it's, I, I'm hoping that's an edit because I don't remember, I, when, you know, back even when I was rocking out, well, you know, that, that's, that rocked that thing ever since I heard it, but that's besides the point. You know, ever since I started listening to this song, I don't remember hearing anything about fucking in Grandma's chair, so that's kind of a new one on me. Better for worse. But, man, you know, I have to go back and listen to some more Poison. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was going to say, there's a lot of people 
who gives shit to the hair metal scene or the glam metal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, who are like, oh, look at all this. And these are the same people singing along the goddamn Gary Glitter and the New York fucking dolls. So, you know, can we just, can we stop at the hypocrisy and go, look, I don't care, you know, how long you've had in your mohawk. I don't care, you know, that Fugazi blessed your child for some fucked up reason. I don't, I don't care, man. It's, it's music. It's a good, it's good music. And I am a guitar fan and I understand this. I'm a geek. Okay. When it comes to guitars, you know, when I was learning how to play guitar, I learned everything about guitars. I'm now relearning things about guitars and, you know, and I love riffs. I love, I, I love lead guitar. I love that. Just that screaming pentatonic torture thing that comes out. I love that stuff. And, I, you know, and that's one of the reasons why Children and Bowden was one of those bands that would just stay with me because they had dual guitarists, man, and they would just link up and they're playing the same fucking solo, which most people are looking at that going, no, nope, fuck it, I'm out. And, you know, Eddie Van Halen's going, my children. And he's gone, man. I'm not... I'm not going to say there's no one else like him. I'm like, no, there's going to be people coming out who, because just like every musician does this, every guitarist does this, someone's going to, some kid's going to listen to Hate Crew and is going to go, this is what I need. And, and, you know, fuck off and go get a Jackson, Rhodes B. And then he's going to learn to play everything that Alexi wrote. He's going to learn all the songs backwards and forwards. And then he's going to go back to some of the older some of them older people try to figure out what's going on probably Van Halen you know and who's ever you know popular right then you know he's going to go through that and then he's going to come back and he's going to you sound a lot like Alexi and they're going he's going to go yes because he was my influence and that's why I learned how to play like him but then I learned how to play like myself and that's what's going to happen with this you know so I'm not I can't get behind someone going you know, the artist is dead. You know, the music is dead with them. Like, no, man, Steve Ray Vaughan died. Jimi Hendrix died. And we got Kenny Wayne Shepherd, man. I mean, no, we're, we're, we're doing good. So sometimes you got to, you know, I mean, this sounds like it's going to be kind of morbid, but, you know, we got to put the, you got to put the past down and then we got to move forward with this. I'm excited to hear what's going to come out now from the next couple of generations of guitarists. I'm not even shitting you. I want to know what these little bastards are going to make for us. You know, I want to hear something, something that's going to make me cry and make me smile at the same time. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and close the show out. Thank every, I like to thank everyone here who has listened to the show, who has shared the show. Uh, who has made comments, even the really weird comments about the show. Uh, for all of our listeners around the world, thank you very much. Pretty of it. Um, good night. I am David, the Reverend Brownoni, asking you, be compassionate to yourself, be compassionate to others. Let's go ahead and end the show like we always do. And we're going to go ahead and... We're going to be playing the Johnny Cash classic. 
or excuse me, sorry. I should edit this out, but I'm not going to, man. It's strange when one death starts to remind you of other deaths and other people. <laughs> Don't be afraid of that. It means you're not done. We're going to go ahead and play 16 Volts cover of Johnny Cash's classic, When the Man Comes Around. And I'm David the Reverend Brown Oni. And I'm signing off. And I heard, as it were, the noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse.
call and voices cry Some are born and some are dying It's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn Virgins are trained their wits And the whirlwind is in the thorn It's hard for me to kick against the pricks It measured hundred weight and ten pounds Sat on them was death.